It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we've got Walt Rampata. He is the Chief Experience Officer and Co-Founder at We Grow Data. Walt, thanks for being with us at The Talking Hedge. Thank you. I appreciate you having me here today. My pleasure. Um, tell us a little bit about what you what you guys do uh, at We Grow Data. You guys are blockchain, kind of involved in a lot of stuff. What's, what's your elevator pitch? What do you do? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so uh, very... Uh, succinctly, we are a blockchain as a service organization uh, focused on Web3 uh, technologies and helping uh, industry uh, metastasize or, or matriculate to uh, the blockchain more effectively. Uh, we are hyper-focused on solving some initial key challenges uh, in the complementary and alternative marketplace, uh, and more specifically cannabis. Uh, because of the regulatory and uh, nature of those industries, our focus is to help uh, bridge the gap in compliant uh, payment processing uh, and additionally uh, data sovereignty on both the side of the merchant and the consumer. Talk to me about uh, the um, the adaptability of crypto right now because there's there, there obviously you can't bank in cannabis it's cash only but there's still would it not be considered wire fraud because you have to get money into a wallet somehow and then if you exchange with cryptocurrency is that regulatory is that compliant to use crypto in cannabis or is it a huge gray space it, it depends on how you're transacting and without getting into too much of our secret sauce and how we've solved these challenges uh, yes, it is compliant, uh, because at the end of the day, the, the biggest aspect that makes it compliant is the traceability that's native to blockchain technologies. Our, our challenge today in a cash-heavy uh, industry like cannabis is that lack of transparency. You know, Adding a digital component to it now adds that traceability that the industry is so desperately looking for. Mm-hmm. And so we we just saw more than I know that uh, first off, I want to just make a note that cryptocurrency and blockchain are totally separate. We're going to talk about both those things, but they are intertwined to a degree, just like kind of cannabis and crypto at the moment. Uh, a lot of hype and, and, and chatter about that, a lot of noise, <clears throat> but kind of separating all of that right now, the more than 200 billion was erased from the entire crypto market in a day as sell-offs intensified. You had investors fleeing from cryptocurrencies at a time when the stock market plunged on fears of soaring prices and a deteriorating economic outlook. So what is your opinion, Walt, about the current situation with crypto? Supposedly, Bitcoin was supposed to be a hedge against situations like that, maybe was on the way up. Uh, Should we be using this situation, this crypto craze as a springboard into better financial literacy with cannabis? There's a lot of education and promotion and uh, advocacy. Should we be using this opportunity to uh, allow people to understand better financial literacy? Uh, Yes. (laughs) What are you doing for that? Uh, a, a multitude of things uh, uh, specific to our client base. We have our uh, our own uh, educational platform uh, that we launched uh, uh, quite a considerable amount of time ago, but uh, it's it's now becoming more of a mainstream item where it's, uh, we're the nomenclature around it is We Grow University. So we have uh, recognized in our existence and in launching our token in December uh, that there is a vast disconnect between 
the knowledge base around crypto and even more so decentralized finance. Uh, and when you start to talk about crypto, many times people's eyes glaze over, they, they hear uh, uh, rug pulls and pyramid schemes and all the, the, the negative stigma that surrounds the industry. Uh, and then we have occurrences like we had over the last few weeks where the market's just taken a bath. Uh, so it, it, it's been a challenge for uh, consumers to grasp not only the, the, the concepts around digital currency, but then it, additionally, the comfort level of trusting it. Um, and let's face it, the, the value of anything is, is, is inherently tied to the trust factor behind that value. Uh, so understanding those complexities, you know, in launching our, our organization and additionally launching our token, it became apparent that we needed to supply knowledge to our consumer population. Uh, and again, not just on decentralized finance, but on the mechanics of some of the capital markets and understanding how finance in general was played. Let's face it, some of the things that are happening in, in the crypto and, and stock markets today, uh, in some ways were telegraphed, were, in some ways were expected. You know, the, the, they, they, the, the, the biggest you know, uh, uh, tongue-in-cheek conversation is, is how many of the capital markets, the bigger players, had missed out on the wave that had come through blockchain and cryptocurrency specifically. And no, they weren't going to miss out. They're, they're making sure they don't miss out. And we're getting to, you know, those people that are holding are along for that ride. Now, what I would say is that specific to WeGrow, and again, proving out our concept, we have almost 90% holdership, even through the ups and downs that we've experienced as of late, which again, fields into the trust factor of what we as a team have assembled and what we're uh, bringing to the marketplace. So to that point on, on trust factor, there was an 18 year old graduate student who exploited a weakness in the indexed finances code and hacked millions of dollars from that. So having said that, what's your opinion, Walt, on the trustworthiness uh, for um, blockchains? Can all blockchains be trusted a resource to store data and assets? Well, it's it's akin to, 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 to most programming languages that, you know, if, if it's built in a uh, methodically sound fashion, uh, it's going to have a uh, sound uh, security fashions and trust factors built into it. You know, some of the challenge that we have today is that uh, in the rush uh, to build this industry, lots of different iterations of blockchain are coming to market. Some of them very sound, some of them not so sound. Um, and you're seeing some of the bigger, uh, more recognizable players solidify the, their platforms in a fashion that's making them sound. Um, the, you know, let's face it, uh, nothing is impenetrable, nothing is unhackable, you know, the, the, and uh, the, the challenge with it is, is, is making sure that you're doing in a fashion where you make it extremely difficult to do any of those things. I know specifically with the uh, hybrid hyperledger that we are bringing to market, uh, that, you know, calculations are somewhere in the neighborhood of 142 years uh, using quantum compute computing uh, to be able to hack the ledger that we're, we're constructing. So is it hackable? Yeah, 142 years putting a quantum computer on, on you know, high speed for the next 142 years. Yeah, you'll be able to, to, to figure that out. But to, to think that that's possible in that amount of time. Uh, that we wouldn't make adjustments to make it unhackable and change the, 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 the name of the game while you're trying to do it would be. <laughs> so 
again, I say all that to say that it, it more than anything it comes down to the team that's supporting it. You know, it's like any other business out there uh, that you're you're putting your your trust factor in. It's the team that's leading it. It's the team that's that's running the business on a day to day basis that ultimately you want to look to and understand the dynamics of who those individuals are and, and what they're capable of doing within a business setting. And from there, trust factor can ensue. Your team just launched uh, a, a, a token, right? So was that an ICO, an initial coin offering in December that you guys did? What, what was it? And it was an IDO. Uh, so we're paired with the Binance Smart Chain. So technically it's not a ICO. Uh, and, and when we uh, launch our Hyperledger, uh, part of our roadmap is to have our own native token as well. And in that process, we will have an ICO that will occur. Uh, as the dynamics of how that's all going to matriculate and metastasize, uh, we're putting that together behind the scenes and we'll be uh, making our, our community aware over time uh, in the very near future because there's lots of things happening in Libra. What what was it like to to have a uh, to create a coin? Was there a lot of compliance around that? Cannabis has a ton of compliance. The regulatory or the financial industry has a lot of compliance, um, but it seems like crypto is kind of in this gray space. What is it like right now before they fully regulate um, cryptocurrencies like uh, like a security? I believe that you know probably in the next there's a bill right now. I think they they uh, just announced it this week where they're going to regulate currencies, uh, crypto. And, and a lot a lot of people think, oh, you can't regulate it, but you can. Um, if the United States locks down crypto, th there's a huge amount of money that, that Americans put in there. And if the government says you can't do it, or you're going to go to jail or whatever, Americans are probably not going to. And that could crush some of these 19,000 uh, coins out there. Maybe not Bitcoin overnight, maybe not Ethereum, but it will seriously cripple that. So I'm looking at cryptocurrencies being regulated as securities because there will be a central bank digital coin and you can't compete against that. Either you're a secure, either you're a stock, you're a currency or you're private property. They've already said you're not private property. So you're one of the two, you're competing against the US dollar or you're a stock and you're not regulated yet. So it seems like the end of that, you know, crazy momentum bubbles and everything are at an end as soon as that law passes. What's your, what's your opinion? Well, you threw a number of things out. I there, did. Man. I do that a lot. Yes. No, <laughs> listen, let me let me grab onto a few of those nuggets and, and really hone in on them. The first of which is the FOMO or the fear factor that you mentioned in uh, uh, the entire market, you know, being locked up and and everybody not being able to to do some things with crypto. Uh, I will say this: that uh, the blockchain uh, technology that is the backbone of crypto it ain't going nowhere. Uh, excuse my my poor English, but but the truth of the matter is it's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, the wave that's coming at us uh, with blockchain te technology and Web 3.0 technologies is akin to the beginning of the internet, um, and the speed at which it's moving uh, is ten to a hundred times faster than the growth that, that we saw at the beginning of the internet. Uh, having started my first company in 1999 and rode the the beginning of the dot com bubble. I can tell you with all certainty that this is identical in, in how it feels, how it looks. Uh, the only major difference is the speed at which it's coming at us. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with the computing power, but more so it has to do with consumer education and adoption. Uh, people are much more tech savvy, much more akin to picking up a device than they were 20 years ago, 30 years ago when the internet was being born. So number one to that fear statement, 
I would absolutely dismiss it and say that that digital currencies, blockchain technologies, and the two paired together are something that are coming at us. They are going to be a mainstay into the future. It's already something that we're already starting to see, whether we like it or not, even over the course of COVID and uh, the pandemic. You know, you couldn't go into a Chick-fil-A and use your quarters anymore. Digi you know, hard currency is starting to diminish. It is being diminished. Uh, and, and so there is a movement that is heading in that direction, whether we want, wish to acknowledge it or not. Now, to the point of taxation and oversight, let's be clear. Um, uh, this is already becoming mainstream in a number of companies. Uh, our countries, India specifically, uh, uh, and we can go down a list of, of major countries uh, that have adopted uh, crypto or digital currency as a part of their uh, forward-looking uh, and future roadmap when it comes to their finances. So from a global perspective, the adoption of a digital uh, marketplace and, and ecosystem to support digital currencies is already in play. Uh, so all those factors in place, do I think it's going away? No. Do I think it's coming at us and we need to become educated 100%? Uh, and to the fact that the governments are, are going to step in and, and get their piece? Absolutely. And one of the inherent benefits of blockchain is the uh, ability to see everything that happens, the transparency that exists there. Uh, and it's, it's both a positive and a negative in some respects. For those that are trying to hide, uh, it, became, it makes it more difficult to, to be nefarious. Uh, but on the flip side, it also be, allows us to be more accurate with those things that are taxable and those things that are not and make those, those transactions more immediate. So let's be clear, there could be a time in the, in the uh, next decade where doing your taxes at the end of the year is as simple as hitting a button because the blockchain is, is amalgamated all the information that you've accomplished over the course of that year. And all you need to do is reconcile it at the end of the year instead of filling out a bunch of forms. Mm -hmm. So it's coming at us. Uh, and yes, the government is going to be involved. And yes, they're going to, to want to have uh, their piece for taxation. But additionally, for compliance and oversight, uh, and to, to make sure that things are happening on the up and up, uh, in some aspects, we want that involvement. We want that participation. Uh, and we're seeing it again at the national level. President Joe Biden, not too long ago, uh, signed a task force uh, from both industry and government of people that are looking to assist in solidifying all the structures around what blockchain is and what 3.0 technologies are for the American public. So it's coming at us. They're gonna, they're, everybody's gonna get their piece. And in some aspects, it's gonna make things easier for everybody over the long haul. The way we're sitting right now is that confused gray area between um, the governing bodies figuring out all the minutia and all the details and where to put those taxation points and us in industry trying to figure out exactly how do we align because those that are truly trying to do business right are already thinking in those terms. You know, when we launched our token, some of the very initial conversations we were having were with our corporate attorneys, were with those, those experts out there in the marketplace helping guide us to understand the nuances around uh, how to position it uh, and to how to properly bring it to market. And let's be clear, although our whole focus is around complementary and alternative medicine, we are not plant touching. We don't transact in selling any type of substance. So in every sense of the word, we are a technology company at our core. So in that regard, you know, uh, we had no issues from a legality perspective. We're not playing, you know, with the cannabis plant. We're not slinging weed. You know, at the end of the day, we are a software company that's supplying a service to the industry. Mm -hmm. Hope that answers all your questions. 
It does. I want to take a look at the underlying technology behind uh, cryptocurrencies and, and chat about uh, blockchain, specifically smart contracts within their hashtag might be a good one down the road for real estate or whatever. Uh, Ethereum, you, you, the Ethereum partnership um, has a lot of banks tied to that. Um, so there's all of these these future. I mean, I feel really bad for any kids graduating in accounting because they don't even understand that that industry is gone, dead. Forget about it. Um, it's really bad. Bio insurance industry. Yeah, to your point, it's it's going to disappear. Yeah, all of the there's a lot of lobbyists trying to stop blockchain in the um, tax, like all of the the tax companies. You know, all, none of those people want it because all of those guys are gone. You won't have to. It'll be all transparent. It should just be a click of a button. Do you accept this? Yes. Go. Ready. So smart contracts. I don't think people really understand what blockchain is. People don't understand what. Um, what NFTs are, we're not even going to talk about NFTs because I personally think they're digital <laughs> beanie babies. They're like, don't even worry about it. But right now, let's just talk about smart contracts. You're looking at Ethereum being maybe the blockchain network that's supporting smart contracts and one of the most popular uh, blockchain platforms in the world. Blockchain-based applications, they, they're uh, one of the blockchain technology's most common use cases, enabling you to build your applications on the blockchain and then provide access to the users. So question is that, Will Ethereum be the crypto coin of choice for compliance uh, and fast settlements, or are there going to be a multitude of these smart contracts, um, blockchain providers? Yes. <laughs> uh, so yes, I do believe that Ethereum will be a part of the mix. Uh, but again, uh, understanding some of the complexities of, the, of what we're developing internally at Uyghur Data. Uh, uh, we are in the process of, of releasing our own uh, hybrid hyperledger as well uh, that will, uh, in essence, be doing the same things in, in some ways as an Ethereum type setup, meaning uh, we will have we will be the Microsoft and we will have Windows, uh, Word and whatever else you need to plop on that as far as applications or tokens uh, or functional utilities. Uh, so similar to Ethereum in that regard. Uh, I, I'm going to answer uh, that second yes with, I believe there are going to be a number of uh, uh, offerings that are going to, going to be in the marketplace. And, and some of the differences are in, in, in truly what the tech is doing behind the scenes. Uh, let's be clear, the reason that we've had these iterations of different blockchains that have developed is because of the inefficiencies that we saw in the earlier adoptions of those blockchains or the earlier versions that have come out. And so every iteration is building on that knowledge base of adding speed and efficiency and transparency to the mix. Um, and, and quite frankly, although Ethereum has become somewhat of a standard, let's be clear, it's expensive and it's, it's not as fast as we need it to be. You know, so as we get to a place where people are truly looking for instant uh, connections and, and decision-making that happens within a uh, transaction uh, environment, you know, things like Ethereum uh, will be phased out. And as you're seeing aspects of that, it's not that they're being phased out, they're, they're developing new iterations that are solving for some of those challenges. Um, the difference being is that with, with the, the, the solution we're developing, we're, we're looking to solve those challenges out of the gate rather than iterate. So again, you're going to see multiple uh, uh, competitors that are going to come onto the marketplace. And it truly depends on the utility that they're providing behind the scenes uh, for their existence. Um, and it's not going to be just the value of the currency that resides on them. It is, it is everything. It's, it's the engine under the hood, truly, and, and, and what the horsepower is and, and how fast you can truly make it go.
Right. If those gas fees are too expensive, like Ethereum, then you're going to find a cheaper, better alternative that's more efficient. In terms of efficiency and, and carbon footprint, cryptocurrencies like the older ones, Bitcoin and Ethereum, especially, they've been accused of leaving too much carbon footprint. Crypto players have been under criticism for high energy requirements of mining for tokens. Although crypto trading is paperless, the process of mining consumes a lot of energy for machinery to perform the sophisticated algorithms to authenticate each transaction. So my question to you, Walt, is crypto mining an environmental issue or a political tool for central bank digital coins? <laughs> wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, uh, I would say it's a political tool, quite frankly. Let's be clear. Uh, as we're seeing the advancement of technology exponentially uh, increase in speed, um, the, the, the challenges surrounding computing power and the, the power consumption needed to, to uh, push it forward uh, is going to be drastically reduced. It's just the nature of technology. We're seeing it happen uh, even uh, in, in many other areas. So uh, in that specific vein, I would argue that it's, it's a political uh, uh, tool at the moment. But then additionally, as we sit at a crux and an interesting crux, uh, as we're talking on your podcast uh, between uh, industries like cannabis and hemp, its sister plant, uh, and crypto technologies, well, let's be clear, uh, hemp and cannabis are in many ways carbon neutral or, or can add to the carbon credit uh, aspects of, of, of uh, putting back into the environment. You know, hemp as itself is one of the uh, largest, uh, as a plant species, one of the largest consumers of carbon uh, uh, per size, per inch, per, per, per weight. Uh, and the, the largest remediator of those, those negative carbons uh, within the soils themselves. Uh, uh, small tidbit, I was a licensed hemp grower a few number of years ago, so I know a little bit about this. That being said, there's some real benefits where we're sitting at the crux between these two industries and being able to utilize the carbon benefit coming from hemp and cannabis to offset those things that are happening within uh, the mining uh, and the electrical needs within the industry. So. Uh, yes and yes, I do believe that this is very much something that people are using as a tool right now to try and sway opinion, to try and sway beliefs with those that are uh, not playing at paying attention, quite frankly, to the long game and understanding the dynamics of industry and how things inherently will change regardless of our, our hands being a part of it. Looking at the investment side to the industry, um, cryptocurrency miners are requiring a lot of capital for data centers, rigs, employees, all of that stuff. Right now, capital is really scarce. A lot of investors are on the sidelines or just waiting. So the private investment in public equity market was active, but today it's pretty much dead. I'm wondering if you're seeing that, uh, I don't know if you're raising capital or not, but I'm wondering if you're seeing that, does it have anything to do with the overall economic environment or do crypto SPACs, are they bracing for lower valuations and SEC scrutiny over deals that may, may need to get repriced? A lot of the cannabis SPACs got annihilated. What's your take? Uh, uh, so you know, first question, yes, we are raising money. Um, uh, so yes, we are in, in, in actively uh, uh, closing out our series or our, our seed A round. Uh, we will have a seed B that's quickly opening up uh, and then uh, additional rounds thereafter. Uh, and we have a number of uh, uh, individuals and, and institutions that we're in talks with. What I will tell you is that uh, 
there, there is a shift. Uh, there's, there's been a great shift, even specifically over the last number of weeks with what's happened in the crypto markets and the markets in general. Um, let's be clear, you know, those, those players that, are, that are, are prepared to invest, they've got their money tied up in those markets. So when those markets go, uh, you know, go south, it makes it more difficult for them to, uh, to make those same plays. And they're, they're more strategic about those organizations that they're placing their bets on. Uh, what I will say is that uh, organizations that uh, are involved with Web3 slash blockchain technologies, uh, inherently, natively, their, their valuations are significantly higher than uh, what you would consider more traditional uh, uh, plays or, or more or traditional software organizations. Um, and those valuations you know, have come down uh, slightly, uh, but in general, compared to other organizations, uh, they are still elevated. Uh, what I am seeing, though, is that there is a, uh, a window of opportunity in some respects of these markets. Uh, again, people are paying very close attention to where things are going globally. Uh, and those organizations that are receiving the backing today uh, have a number of key factors in play. Uh, number one, they have got a, a solid uh, tried and true and tested uh, leadership team, which uh, I would uh, uh, beg your audience to take a moment and check out our website, uh, something that differentiates. We grow from uh, a lot of other organizations within this space is that we're fully doxxed, we're fully transparent, uh, and we do have a rock star team, I'm very proud to say. Uh, and number two behind that is that they've got uh, a unique value proposition slash offering, something they're bringing to the market that really distinguishes where they're situated and really solves for a problem in the marketplace. And I will definitively say that WeGrow is very much positioned to solve some very complex problems uh, within complementary and alternative medicine and very specifically cannabis uh, initially. Uh, we have a number of initial clients that are utilizing our platform right now. Uh, in the form of uh, uh, compliant uh, uh, payment uh, solutions. Uh, and then behind that, what I will say is that th those organizations also have some track record of deliverability. And, and most notably, if they can uh, no note that or showcase that in the form of revenues or, or, or income that's coming through the organization, uh, then they're situated to, if they have all th three of those checkboxes checked, and then more than likely, they're going to be in a position to uh, be able to move forward uh, and, and be in a better position to potentially uh, acquire any limited funds that are out there. So what I will say is, yes, things are, are, are changing, but, uh, but the, the mechanics of, of sound business hasn't changed. And those organizations that are following those principles and delivering on them uh, are the ones that are still rising to the top. I want to ask you a question about the future of crypto. The Winklevoss twins said that crypto winter is here and the industry is in a contraction phase known as crypto winter, which has been uh, further compounded by the current macroeconomic and geopolitical turmoil. Walt, uh, what's the best way for crypto investors to survive a bear market or crypto winter? Or, or I guess rather than giving advice, what are you doing or what are you hearing people doing to survive a crypto winter? Number one, hold. Uh, number, if you've got uh, sound uh, projects that you're backing uh, and the, the team behind them is, is really laying out a solid roadmap and they're, they're delivering on those three checkboxes that I already noted, hold, uh, by all means, the, the, what you're backing at that point in time is the company, not the up and down of the coin that, the, that is backing them. Uh, so again, hold. Uh, number two, uh, if you have the wherewithal, uh, buy in more. Now's the time to pick up a lot of uh, really phenomenal organizations and projects uh, 
uh, that have uh, been significantly devalued. Uh, and, and this goes in, in all markets, not just the crypto market. Um, and, and then lastly, uh, diversify. These are, these are sound principles for any, any, any investor in any market, uh, whether that be uh, uh, digital or, or traditional. Um, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And, and, and lastly, don't, don't put in more than you are, can afford to risk. Uh, you know, don't put in this month's paycheck, hoping that you're going to double it and, and, uh, buy, and be able to live on a beach next month. You know, those, those times of, of doing those types of things, uh, uh, they're not right now. You know, to the point of the, the crypto winter, we may see some, some spikes on some projects where people will be able to have some, some nice fun rides and make some decent money. But for, the, for there's a cloud that's you know, you know over the industry at the moment, dampening uh, the, the 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 upward movement. So uh, artificial or otherwise, it, it's making it challenging to see the the spikes that we did you know even as recent as six months ago. So you know, in that regard, don't 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 play the the uh, the crypto market the way you would a, a roulette wheel or a blackjack table. You know, at this point in time, don't put down more than you you can afford to lose, uh, and. Quite frankly, understand that this is is not going away. You know, it, the, the the digital universe, the the Web three uh, uh, awakening that's happening, and the change of how these technologies uh, integrate within to every aspect of our lives is not going away. In fact, it's 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 exponentially increasing in speed. So, although we're seeing a depressed market today. I believe just because of all the stuff that's happening in the background and the things that that the general public is not seeing, uh, that you know it is time, if nothing, to hold, and even more so if you've got the wherewithal to buy in further. If people want to learn more about We Grow Data or get in touch with you, are you on social media or your website? Where can people get a hold of you at? Easiest way to check us out is WeGrowCoin. Actually, our, our token that's in the market has its own website. We've got our entire team listed there. Our WeGrowData website is uh, under construction at the moment. We're getting ready to release some incredible details over the next couple of weeks, and we want to make sure that those are uh, poignantly uh, and eloquently articulated in that form. So uh, check back uh, in a couple of weeks to, to see wegrowdata.com. But wegrowcoin is the best place to go. And that's W-E-G-R-O, no W, coin.com. Uh, on there, you'll find, uh, on the top of that, you'll find our contract address. So if you're looking to uh, check out our token, uh, that is the actual contract address you're going to want to use. Uh, you'll find some information about uh, our project, uh, our runway, our roadmap, our team, uh, some of the occurrences of where we're, we're heading and where we're going. And then as far as social goes, you can find us on almost any platform from Telegram, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Reddit, Discord, and I believe I'm probably missing one, but we're pretty much, you know, we're out there. Uh, so look for We Grow Coin specifically to, to, to latch on to our community. You'll find more information about the entire organization and all the things that we're doing to move things forward. All right. I think with that, we're going to have to roll this one up. So I want to thank my guest, Walt Rampata. He's the chief ex uh, experience officer and co-founder at We Grow Data. Walt, thanks again for being with us at The Talking Hedge. Thanks, Josh. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, 
My name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.